Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Show. If you ever wanted to get into commercial property but don't know how to, this is the show for you. We're going to take you through live market updates, how to put a deal together, what the experts say about commercial property and real life investor journeys and how they became financially free through commercial property. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. So you think you're getting into commercial property, but when it comes to research and things to look for when you are comparing commercial property and seeing if it stacks up, whether it's during due diligence or before, uh, but you don't know what tools you you should use, well, join me in this podcast and let me walk you through the tools and the things that we look for and we use to complete a commercial so you're starting out in your first commercial property and or you might be a seasoned commercial property investor but what you're looking for is a way to be able to research whether the property is going to stack up and things like rent things like sale price uh, per square meter uh, things like you know when it was last sold there's this obsession in the residential world that um, one when the property was last sold uh, means something that when it's resold I guess it's tracking the capital growth of the property to see if it's any future capital growth uh, but capital growth is um, basically crystal crystal ball stuff so you don't know if you are going to be getting capital growth on this property versus you know the next property um, versus in this area you have to use the his- historic records and hope that it works in the future however in commercial uh, just because they had capital gains before doesn't mean it's going to have capital gains in the future. And just because it hasn't had capital gains in the last two or five or ten years doesn't mean it's not going to have that in the future because areas change and areas boom. The other thing is one of the things that RP data does not show you, and everybody does a search on RP data when they buy residential because that's where they see it. But in commercial, you don't do a search on RP data because uh, it's going to show you nothing. It might show you the last sale price. It might show you how it was listed for um, the last um, when it was went for lease, which is important as well. But the one thing I show you is the condition of the property. So you could have bought the the, the vendor could have bought the property for four hundred thousand dollars, did a complete gutting refurb, and spent three or four hundred thousand dollars, build a new mezzanine floor, and then put it on the market for a million dollars. You might be making a twenty percent gain on it but you're looking like that he's making a 60 80 percent game but what it doesn't show you is the history of the property so rp data is only relevant to 20 percent of your research in commercial versus it is worth 80 90 percent of the research in um the residential space the other thing about it is that um, most things in commercial you can find on google so what you find in rp data you can find on google so rp data can give you an area report which shows you medium house prices which does not really correlate to commercial as much because uh, oh, sometimes commercial can outpace residential or sometimes can be lacking back from residential. Uh, it will give you, you know, the population density. It will give you, you know, the demographics. It will give you employment status. It will give you uh, like male-female spread. It will give you sort of age. But all of that you could Google. You could find that on the ABS. So you don't really need something like RP Data or Investor. So if you have a subscription to it, fantastic, continue to use it, Uh, it'll give you the shortcut, it'll save you some time. If you don't, then you don't need to get that subscription. We have a subscription being a commercial buyer's agent because we still use it to see if there's any additional information we can find, but most of the time, 80% of our cases, we don't use it at all. But we do do it anyway, just as a systematic thing, as part of what we're, as part of our research. So 
moving forward, what are some of the tools of the trade that we use? So for us, a lot of it is grunt work. A lot of it is because we've been in the area for a long time and we've been to uh, the different suburbs. We've done deals down the road. We, we know the purchase prices. We know the history of the area and we've seen the yield compress or we've seen things change in the area. So we know exactly what's going on. But apart from local knowledge, one of the other things that we do look for is comparative sales and comparative leasing. Now, you can go and get an agent and engage them formally and pay them to do a comparative leasing for you. So they'll find similar properties in the area, they'll find similar tenants and give you comparative leasing to say, hey, are you above market, below market or on market? And then they will um, also look at sales as in rate per square meter, tenanted, vacant versus what you have and give you an idea. So that's all the comparatives that's there. Now, uh, you can engage them to do that. That might cost anywhere from $500 to $1,000. If it's easy, like an office space, it might also be, you know, three or $400. But if you wanted to do that yourself, you would, what you would do is you would go and call three agents. So typically we would call three agents. So we just had a situation at the moment where we've just done an inspection in Toowoomba when we found uh, the the shop office space next door that is for lease. So it's, it's for lease. So what we'll do is... Um, we will go and call the agent up, find out more information about the property that is for lease and find out what they're charging per square meter, find out what are the incentives they're giving their tenant for it and find out how long it has been vacant for. So that gives us some background information about the property. Um, find out the state of the property, if it needs additional works or anything else. So uh, that's good research. So we also walk around the streets when we do the inspections and see if there's any vacancies along the street, other places, and ask them and call the agent as well. The other thing that uh, we look at is we look online, places like real commercial, commercial real estate, um, this, even the same real estate agent that is selling us the property um, or other real estate agents in the area. We actually, we then look at what they have for lease and work at their rate per square meter so we get a bit of a comparison as well. We ask the agent for a comparison, but the comparison they give us may not always be accurate. Um, as when it comes to sales, if you're buying a tenanted property, it is the um, they're going to look at it, the return or the yield in the market more than rate per square meter, but it's always good to compare it. Further from that, because we do so many deals in the market, um, in any given area, we're likely to have an old valuation report or a valuation report that's done recently in the last six months. So what we would do is we'll pull up the previous valuation report and what we do is we actually pull up the previous valuation report, go through what the value has said about uh, pretty much what they have said about um, the rate per square meter, what they said about the area, what they say about the risk, what they identify as the upside for a property and all the downside of a property and look at their comments and then refer to what we're currently buying and look at uh, how this property actually sits in that realm. And that's using the previous information. They probably have rate per square meter we can infer as well so that's really good we did that comparison for 
a deal we did in Aubrey. So we're doing a medical development as a group deal with uh, 20 of our clients in our community. And we did a rate per square meter by looking at an old valuation, one from Aubrey, one from Wagga. Wagga is an hour away, looking at the industrial. And we're seeing that um, they're quoting the minimum at the time between $290 a square meter to $380 a square meter. So we put a buffer in there and said, look, if we are going to tenant this property, we're aiming around, you know, early, uh, around 250 to early 300 a square meter when we're looking at leasing. But incidentally, we have actually changed that property into medical suites and we're actually asking $450 a square meter. And we are actually getting interest and we're getting offers subject to lease um, at $450 a square meter. So just because you're doing the comparison doesn't mean that that is what you're going to get. In reality, if you change the use of the property, you are going to get higher. As a warehouse or as a retail space, we would have only gotten $250 to $350 a square meter. But as a medical suite, we're going to get $450 a square meter. So that's a big change. That is a 30 to 40% uplift on that. That property as with the change of use so uh, that is so it's unique so you have to compare one property with the other so if you buy a medical suite there's no use comparing it with a normal office suite or a retail suite because they're going to come in lower and your uh, your medical suite is going to come in much higher that is always the case so uh, comparisons is important um, especially uh, we want to put that to the client during the due diligence process or if you're doing it yourself you want to have a good understanding of it so when you get the valuation report you can see if it's matched up to your expectation or it hasn't matched up to your expectations as well and that's important. Of course, spend some time on Google. Um, we do an inspection of every one of the properties we put our clients to, uh, into. So, for example, right now we've just actually flown um, our team from Brisbane because we're in lockdown in Sydney and um, our Melbourne team can't come to the ACT because they're in lockdown as well. We had to fly our Brisbane team into the ACT and do inspections in ACT. We had to take one of our team from regional Queensland into Toowoomba um, to be able to do an inspection there. So, lots happening but because we've got teams everywhere even if we have a lockdown we can access it as well and that's the magic of being a maneuver and to move teams around and with every single inspection um, we're comparing properties so if we've seen multiple properties in an area so like in a town that we've been to like a town we do a lot of deals in Toowoomba a lot of deals in Brisbane a lot of deals in somewhere like Townsville or Rocky, we know what the fit-out looks like. So when we're looking at this fit-out, we're going, okay, is that a normal medical fit-out? Is that a normal uh, service uh, station? Is that a normal service centre? So recently we inspected a property which was an Apple service centre. Now, if you've been to an Apple service centre, been to an Apple shop, you know what the service centre looks like. Does it look the same? Does it have the same outlook? We've just done also an inspection of Orange Therapy. They're a gym and they're gym franchise uh, there's quite a lot of them 20 30 of them all over australia and also overseas as well i've inspected one in waterloo in sydney in 2020 when he went to auction there's another one today in act that we inspected they look exactly the same the quality of the fit out is the same the machinery in there is the same the layout in there is the same um, the way that they present themselves the same and that's important when you're looking at properties that are like properties you want to see that they are the same all around and you want to know that 
they're the same because that same quality will mean that the tenant is always uh, is adhering to company policy but they're always delivering their best as well so that is important as well um the other things, obviously, you would take a look around Google. So you want to see what other major areas are there. You want to take the little man in Google and go for a walk around. You want to see what's around there. Uh, that's for you to see the surrounding area, whether you are in a hub or not. Um, sometimes people count the amount of vacancies on the in the area and say, oh, you know, there's so many vacancies. But let me tell you, there's always going to be more vacancies in any given area than there are tenanted properties. But there's often just a particular type or often if there is not that many vacancies uh, of one type, but there may be a lot more of the other. So, for example, at the moment, if retail is getting hit, or office space is getting hit, there's going to be just generally a lot more untenanted office spaces or retail compared to tenanted in any one town. So there's no use to say, oh, my God, there's so many vacancies in terms of uh, office spaces. Yes. That's happening in New South Wales, in Sydney. In fact, it's worse in Sydney Metro and Melbourne Metro than compared to regional. So uh, area, things like that, it's a general um, speak. And it doesn't make sense. It's not specific to your um, to your type of property, to what you're buying. But because say that you're buying a property and we're doing a research on a property in Siobhan Island in Gold Coast and it's a hair rejuvenation clinic. Basically, it's um, Allied Health Medical Hair Rejuvenation, not hair removal like beauty. Uh, and uh, we're comparing that. Yes, there is other office spaces vacant, but the tenant is there. Uh, they have fitted it out. Uh, it is it suits their purpose. Uh, other kind of properties there may not suit their purpose. They get their ten they get a lot of their clients in there. So look, it really suits what they're doing. And yes, other vacancies matter, but if they've got good five years solid lease, well, you've got to look at it. At some point, those vacancies will be absorbed. It might take more than one year, but certainly maybe less than three years or five years to be absorbed. So that's also a forethought as well. So have that and think about that. Um, don't put a blanket statement around there. The other thing we look at research-wise is things like Nearmap. Nearmap is a subscription, and a lot of people who are in building uh, have a subscription to it. And there's lots of other, uh, lots of other apps or programs that are very, that's very much like Nearmap. And what Nearmap does is it looks at the property a few years back. So they may take a photo of the property uh, every three, six, or 12 months, depending on where the property is located. Uh, and you can backtrack the history of the property. So we could pull up a property, let's say in Sydney, and look at the roof. Mainly we want to look at the roof and the surrounding area. So we might look at the roof and go, all right, so the roof doesn't look so bad today. It looks actually quite good. They probably have removed, replaced the roof. Let's go back two years. Let's go back five years. Let's go back, you know, um, six years see and we found out that you know six years ago it was totally rusted out uh and then so we think okay so then the following year you know four years ago it's a brand new roof okay so they replaced the roof four years ago and now uh Peston building probably will pull that up you can probably find that information during your due diligence by asking the agent but the main thing is that at the time uh, you want to satisfy yourself what has been done and it gives you a bit of a timeline and history of the property and we often especially for properties that has uplift or development potential or properties that have been vacant for a while we want to be able to look at the 
the process of the gradual process of the property and understand that because that is important as well going forward on the property so these are some of the common tools we use there's also obviously invoicing tools that we use once the tenant becomes um, our tenant and after settlement if you don't want to engage an agent there is tools you can use for invoicing you can invoice the the tenant um, automatically uh, every month if that that helps you uh, if you want to self-manage if you want the agent to manage it then there is no uh, real issues uh, with just handing that over as well um, other forms of research tools that we use uh, apart from the general websites is all about actually talking and calling agents so talk to three agents find out more information area research is also important but you know it's important to a certain certain um obviously to a certain level so you can't make a uh, statement said okay that area is bad uh, because sometimes the lower social economic areas do give you more capital growth in the future because I always say it's easier to go from $300,000 to $600,000 and find a buyer willing to buy it at that price than a $600,000 to 1.2 because just because there's more people uh, buying at the lower end of the market also moving forward um, one of the things that we also look at is uh, obviously our valuations, historic value, all of those added up local knowledge so we go to the council website see what initiatives has been put into the place so is it in the flood zone um, can we get a certificate of classification for the property if it's a freestanding property and also uh, what other initiatives they have locally so things like in regional areas are they doing flood mitigation um, are they rejuvenating certain streets are they doing new landscaping or streetscaping or are they creating a new outlook so for example we're looking at a development down in kangaroo point in brisbane and the um the, the council is doing an initiative where they're doing this boulevard development where everything's going to look like new york sheet or new york um i guess autumn you know in central park kind of look like i say like i like to say so what happens is they've got little lamppost um they want to have wider footpath they want people to do a fresco dining uh they want to have uh more of that feel of that evening uh, they want to do more developments where there's more uh, retail down the bottom for food uh so they can create a hub so if they're putting that kind of initiatives out there that is going to benefit you if you've got a client that is in the food business so it's worthwhile to look into those kind of initiatives uh when you're in somewhere like industrial or warehousing look at what uh, infrastructure the the, uh, the government's bringing in whether there is going to be any major employees coming into the market uh, and also you know what other council initiatives are happening in the area as well uh, then of course if you do know someone local or you know someone who knows someone local it's worthwhile to talk to them about about a property that is local to you about a property that is um, that is going to be worthwhile for you to move on as the the next step and definitely um it is a worthwhile if you can get local knowledge nothing beats local knowledge and uh nothing really 
upbeats, uh, understanding a little bit about where the market is going in that area. And one of the things that we do look at is we look at historical sales as well. So we might track the last Burgess Rawson sales or the last auction sales. So that gives you an idea of how the yield is compressing the market and gives you a little bit of a crystal ball about where the market will be in 12 or 18 or 24 months. So if we see all the listings, so let's say we see saw the listings um, two years ago being listed at 8%, but now we're seeing things listed at 65 or 7%, you know the market has changed, you know there's capital growth, you know there is more of, um, there's more compression in the market and there's more people buying in that area. We look at some demographic movements, you can find that at ABS, but you can also look up, you know, how many houses have been bought as well. So these are just general research you can find online. Um, on websites, on all the local agency websites. So we tend to visit all the local agency websites. We tend to call the local agents, especially if we know them well, to just have a chat about the property we're buying and what they're thinking. Uh, if you can get local knowledge, it's great, but it's not essential. And it's because of the SARA insights that we're looking to a property, that's why you would engage a specialist buyer's agency, is that you start with macro and you start digging down to the micro and you start going down deeper into your individual tenants and how they are tracking. So again, if this is informative to you and you are looking for someone who you can partner up and work with you to achieve long-term goal in commercial property, someone that can help you build out a portfolio, reach out to us, reach out to me at helentarrant.com or email me at helen at commercialpropertycashflow.com.au. Click below and you'll find a link to booking for my calendar and uh, we can chat about your commercial property journey because it's all about your journey, how we can personalize it for you, and how we can build you financial freedom in the shortest possible time. So until next time, keep hunting, keep asking those questions, and keep strategizing about your commercial property journey. You've been listening to Commercial Property Investor Show. Tune in to the next episode to find out how you too can replace your work income with passive income through commercial property.